Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and especially good evening to those sitting in front of us. Welcome to another episode of Two Developers Down Under, live from CF Objective ANZ 2012. I am joined yet again by my seriously, yeah, seriously wonderful, I can't think of a good alliteration right now, <laughs> partner in crime, Kai Koenig. How are you doing today, Kai? Hey, Mark, how are you? I'm very, very, very well, although you won't let me drink today, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah, we haven't had any alcohol. That's a change. A crying, crying shame. But we're joined today by a very wonderful man, the none Thank other you. than the uh, Mr. Mark Drew. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure Without to have you. Without any beer, I've got to point out. <laughs> <laughs> Less of a pleasure because there's no alcohol, I understand. Yeah. So, on to the, uh, the, the, uh, what we normally do at the beginning of our podcast... Uh, Hi, what interesting uh, anniversaries have you found for us today? So I actually made a few notes. Oh, you wrote stuff down. Well yeah, done. I did. So we've got in 1938, um, the first artificially inseminated rabbit was shown to the world. <laughs> that is clearly special, right? What, was he made by artificial insemination or was he being uh, artificially inseminated and shown to the world? <laughs> was the artificial well, insemination shown to the world? I mean, well, well... <laughs> The Wikipedia page didn't deliver that much detail, to be honest. Or the photographs. Or, or photographs <laughs> from 1938, ret retro rabbit porn. And then I've got, like, in 1968, the Motion Picture Association of the U.S. actually introduced a film rating system. Oh, cool. because of the, obviously, the rabbit. Oh, because <laughs> of the rabbit. <laughs> I've got, uh, it's the 500th anniversary of the sealing of the Sistine Chapel being uh, opened for the, exhibited for the first time. I can't talk today, apparently. Wow. Um, Anything else? Yeah. That's not that spectacular. That's not that spectacular. Assassination attempt on Harry Truman today, uh, 1950, 62nd anniversary. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah I, think I, I think I win. Yeah. <laughs> An oh, no, no, hold on. An artificially inseminated rabbit, come on. Shakespeare's The Tempest is first presented in 1611 today, 401st anniversary. The Tempest or Shagged Bunny? <laughs> There's a bad joke in there somewhere about doing it like rabbits, but I can't work it out yet. That's okay, I think. Otherwise, we have to be rated R18 by the MPAA. <laughs> So we have Mark here today, so I suppose you probably want to talk about some Raylo stuff or something like that. Not particularly, no. I'm just going to make this really hard for you to come up with <laughs> subjects. Really? We can, we can ask no, really we can. hard questions. Yeah, you can ask me really hard questions. I won't answer them, but you can ask me really hard questions. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite feature in Raylo 4? Uh, the CLI. CLI? Yeah. When are we going to get a REPL in Rilo 4 or in um, Rilo 5? Yes! That's a hard one. Okay, um, so explain what a REPL is for yeah, those people exactly. who don't understand. Because once we understand what a REPL is, we might be able to build it. <laughs> 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 that makes sense. So a REPL is basically an interactive development environment where you can shoot code towards a programming environment and get an instant feedback. So read, right. evaluation, print loop, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so what is a REPL? Can you explain it? <laughs> uh, just explain <laughs> that it. That was it. That was the explanation. You know, if, you, if people had been to my talk today, they would have seen a REPL, right? Yeah. I think that it's very hard. I think we have to take baby steps going into this. Uh, going into, the, into this. The, the CLI at the moment, I think, does a lot of the stuff that we wanted to do. 
So uh, what does the CLI do at the moment? Uh, for those who haven't looked at okay, it or seen the, it yet. Yeah, the, it does. Um, I think you can break it down into like three different things. So first off, it'll run any file that you have. So you can say Rilo run index.cfml and it'll run it. So you don't have to, and it won't start up a server. It's not going to start up anything else. You don't have to have a browser or anything like that. You just do it straight from the command line. The next part that it does is you can also do add plugins to it. So for example, you could have a, the, the example that I've been using is have framework one. So you can do Rilo FW1, which is the name of uh, um, the framework one plugin, um, cr create app, and you give it an app name. <clears throat> and you'll create a scaffold for your app. You can then create controllers, views, and stuff like that. And it's really simple to create these plugins because they're just one CFC. Mm -hmm. right? So it's just that simple to create these plugins. So this is all from the command line. And the final thing that it does is actually being able to run, start up a, an actual Rilo server, which you do want, from, the, from whichever folder you're in. So after you've created all these scaffolds and stuff like that, you can actually then run it. So the whole idea is that you can extend it and the community can extend it as much as they want. So really you can start building your own command line tooling with CFML, with Rilo, because right. through this whole plugin system. So you could write build tools, or you could yep. write the asset pipelines, or exactly. deployment tools, or whatever you would like at that point. Okay. So for example, one of the things, one of the tools that we have in mind of either us building or asking the community to build is, um, for example, like the gem system. So you can add plugins to your, to oh, your okay. site. So mm -hmm. you could do uh, have a, a framework one site, but then you, then you want to add scaffolding to it. And you could just say, let's say, Rilo gem, and it, it, we wouldn't be called gem or something like that, but install scaffold. And it'll just yeah. download and install stuff for you. So what type of plugins or command line extensions like the Framework 1 one have you built so far? Is Framework 1 the only one that you guys worked on? Uh, yeah, that's the only one we've worked on at the moment because we want to show that off and, and use that mm -hmm. as an example for people to get ideas. Because it's actually really, really simple to build one. I mean, a plugin is literally a CFC. Uh, that each function is now a command. And then anything else that you put in after that, that command is just an array of properties that are passed to that function. So it's really easy, you know, like we could spend a long time writing a book on how to write these plugins, but they're so simple that, you know, you pick it up in five minutes and okay. then build whatever you want. Yeah. So should we maybe ask the audience, I would be interested in who could see themselves building plugins for Rilo that way? You know, is there any particular framework that you would actually want to be support, see supported? Or would you have some awesome idea where you want to have a plugin for whatever? I don't know. Rilo, Hudson, auto-deployment type of stuff. Any comments, feedback? Mark will come to you and... Uh, well, I know. Yeah. Our helpful <laughs> assistant. What am I doing? Awesome. I was showing Mark something. Now you're going to... Um, hold the microphone to Robin because he wants to ask something. Oh, well, I'm just very excited about the um, command line interface uh, aspect of it and the integration of the plugin with that because we've um, often we've already created quite a few code generation sorts of tools which are written in CFML, and uh, that would be uh, you know that's exactly the thing that you need to do a, a Rails style you know um, application. So we'd probably use it initially for. Uh, uh, for uh, generate for code generation type things. One of the things that I mean exactly code generation is one, one solution. You can also think of doing deployment scripts, either deployment to to anything. So, for example, if you imagine the the 
command line saying Rilo deploy to EC2. And it'll just deploy your application to a fully set up stack out on EC2 or Heroku or wh mm -hmm. whatever cloud deployment platform you want to do that. I mean, you can do this via CFML anyway. Um, but now you've got all the tools and it passes the right information to it for you to build it. It's actually fairly simple, but you can do anything you want with it. So um, it's really throwing it back to the community saying, we've built the little tool. We've done the, the hard bit underneath the hood. Um, now, and this is our, our philosophy within Rala, saying like, okay, we're going to pass it back to you to build all the cool stuff with it. Mm -hmm. We're just giving you the tools yep. to build cool stuff. Okay, that that's kind of, kind of interesting. When we talk about Rilo four and you know favorite features and all mm -hmm. that type of stuff, so with the recent business changes in Rilo, like yeah. having the Rilo company, yeah. obviously your company is sort of growing, right? And you mentioned that in the keynote this morning. Mm -hmm. How large is the current development team at the moment who are building actually you the know, core engine? Yeah, the There's core engine. There's a couple engine. of guys that are building it. Uh, we have contributions from uh, quite a few members now. I mean, it's not that many, it's like, including myself. There's, I would say we are getting more and more pull requests for our GitHub than we used to. Okay. Um, more people are forking the project. So, I mean, it's an open source project, so we've got people coming in and, and building the core engine. We've got our chief architect with Misha, mm -hmm. and then we, we're now hiring a couple more Java developers to come in and work on the core engine itself. Okay. Um, but remember, the core engine is, is pretty much built. It's a loader and there's, there's more functionality to, to be added and, and the parser and stuff like that. But there's loads of other things that have to be built around it. Uh, the command line stuff was half of it was Java and a lot of the other stuff that's been built in there is all CFML and bat files, to give you an idea. You mm -hmm. know? Um, so there's loads of different technology areas that need to be filled, and some of it has been filled by the community at the moment. So how many people depends when, at which point. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I was very pleased to see that actually you're working towards a nice, you know, feasible build process for, for the Rilo core now. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that is actually really useful. I mean, I'm quite, quite happy to see that because it's kind of frustrating when you get all those quick bug fixes, you know, after Misha fixes an issue right mm -hmm. away, pretty much. And then you can't actually use them right away because there's no easy way to build the whole right. server. I don't think but we're point going to for the nightly builds yet, but um, kind of strangely enough, it's been the chicken and egg situation. To build Rilo, you, you need Rilo, to have right? Rilo, yeah. right. Um, which is kind Why? of like... Why? Um, it's because you need to build administrator, and that needs to be packaged up as a Rilo archive. So you need to have oh, a running okay, instance yeah, of Rilo. To, to, to do it. Now, this is kind of, sounds a bit crazy, but it's actually fairly simple to, to do, to have an instance of Rilo to build Rilo. Um, but now, because we've got the command line stuff, we can actually do that. Mm -hmm. So we only need a couple of jars that are in there to, to actually build that part of it, and the rest can be done with actually CFML, because that's our build process. Yeah. Um, our build process is actually fairly complicated because it does a lot of other stuff, and people might go, just do Ant. But we, we have like... Um, the installers have to be built across various different environments, and like I think one of them it has to be built on a Mac. You know, just it has to be on a Mac to be built on a Mac. Those kind of things. So uh, we're working really hard to get all of that tied in at the moment. So now that you've got the CF command line stuff, are you going to build all your build scripts in CF? Yeah. Awesome. Thinking of doing a Ant-based kind of like uh, a CFC that has dependencies as well. Okay. 
but no, we're not going to make it that hard. It's actually just going to be CF scripts. No, that sounds really good. Eating your own dog food and all that sort of stuff. <sighs> well, and again, caviar. we are back caviar. to the doctor. Eating our own caviar. Okay, that's quite interesting. I'm quite, you know, quite excited to see what what Rilo is doing. Actually, I think you, the yeah, company and the I've product, is in a nice way. Yeah, it's yeah. growing quite nice. Yeah. I've got another favorite feature. I just kind of not just remembered, but okay. uh, apart from the CLI, it's actually the member functions. I think we have to find a better name for that. But it's yeah, <laughs> member functions doesn't sound exciting. No, right? I know. It's like I don't know, super califragilistic. Super implementation. I don't know. They're, like they're that. functions that look like other functions in other language. In any other, in other, any other language yeah. besides CFML. Besides right, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> no, I know. It's, uh, it's true. But, it's, it's, um, but it brings it to the level of your expectation, I think. It's, it's just something that, you know, uh, if you have been developing in other languages, it's kind of like that's what you'd kind of expect. But, yeah, it's just removing basically member functions um, for the podcast is basically if you have an array, instead of doing array len, you can do my array dot len. And this is actually functions. a bad example because this is something you could do usually before already because length right. is a property of an, of an array object. Yes. Without, but, without know, dropping down yeah. to the Java yeah. level is what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. like if you but had a query, instead of like you know, doing right. a query add row, you can now have query dot add row. Yeah, that's a much better example, Mark. <laughs> So you don't, you don't get this ridiculous up. pollution of, of a gazillion methods that all start with array or start with query or right. start with yeah. whatever, which so makes a lot of sense. I mean, with, with that feature, you're clearly moving away from, you know, called fusion compatibility in a well, certain not, way, right? But, I mean, um, you're, you're not because people can use the called fusion, Adobe called fusion mm -hmm. syntax. But is that something we're going to see more often in the future that actually Rilo is maybe, you know, moving away from the... I don't know, kind of de facto standard people expect to be set by called Adobe Cold Fusion and then Rilo is following suit at some point? Well, I think we've got to a stage that syntactically, I'm not talking about just, you know, how many tags there are or how many functions there are and whether we have parity on those that on, on, on those things. It's when we're talking about the syntax itself, mm -hmm. um, we are going to be remain compatible with, with Cold Fusion because we kind of have to. There's an expectation for us to do that. Um, Going forward, we are adding a lot more uh, syntax, and because well, we are our own company. We're not just a clone of the, the engine. We are we are trying to do different things. We we, we have ideas that we want to explore, and as, as that our users want, and, and things like that. So, um, going back to your question, whether are we moving away? It's like well, we never were just cloning Confusion. We were trying to do our own things anyway. So we'll keep on doing our own things and doing our own features, and that's, that's the whole point of it. We'll stay compatible as, mu as much as we can, but, uh, yeah, so... How I does that... And I'm, I'm curious, because obviously your release cycle is very different from the Adobe release cycle. They tend to do a release maybe one, one and a half years, two years. Right. So you kind of... Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this mic. So you kind of have almost two, two things to do. You've got your own release cycles on your own features, and then you've also got what... I hate to use the term catch-up, but essentially you've got to sort of bring yourself back up to compa compatibility on whatever it is that they're doing by the time after, after they've released. Is yeah. that sort of a frustrating experience, trying to having to do sort of, sort of being a, you're almost a, you're a slave to two masters in, in some ways that way. Yes, in, in, in that sense, kind of slave to two masters, but it's seeing what those features come in, because also uh, when it comes to certain features, we can also let, let 
them fail. Um, <laughs> I hate to say that. I don't mean that in a nasty way, but is you know they'll sort of let them field test it and see if it, right. if it you know if the spaghetti sticks like to the wall. C but then again, we, we, but then again, is on, on the other side, we are field testing stuff all the time, so they can see whether what stuff sticks in mm. our release cycle. You know, so they've got months and months and months to pick up what features have been picked up with Briler and then put them in, um, and then do that. I mean, and they have done this with other features with the RAM, the S3, and things like that that we had Very for true. years, right? Very true. Um, for example, at CF Objective in Minneapolis, a lot of people came up to us going, well, uh, Adobe has just released CF10 and it's got WebSockets. Have you guys got WebSockets? And they said, well, we've had an extension for WebSockets for months. It's been there for like months and months, in fact, for about a year. Um, but we just didn't go around telling everyone about it. <laughs> it's, it's there, you know, you can use it. Um, so we have had features there. Now, we're not in a, a direct competition with, well, we don't see it internally that we're in direct competition with Adobe, and that's not us being big-headed or anything like that. It's we have things that we want to do with our product. We're not slaves to what Adobe do. But you're right, when they come out with a release and they've got certain amount of features that are there, um, we take kind of a step back of saying, what do we need to be compatible with? In other words, which features affect the language, which features our users are requesting? Um, I can think of a lot of features that some people request and, and they're quite vocal about, but we're not going to implement. CF Spreadsheet. Yep. Yeah, that's really exciting for us to implement. <laughs> Uh, but someone has implemented an extension to Rilo. That's a great thing about Rilo that is extendable on so many different levels so that when people ask for something, we can say, well, go and build it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you want it, you can build it and extend it and extend the engine. We don't have to put it into the core. A lot of the time, there has been requests for stuff being, to be put into the core, and you go, well, why? It's not, it doesn't need to be part. In fact, we, we're going to the, the other way. We're actually removing stuff from the core and putting in most extensions. One of the ideas is at the moment is to remove all the database drivers. <gasps> and that's a big shocking thing. But the whole idea is that, well, why do we have to keep up the core? Um, let's say, as an example, we, we don't want to do a release of Rilo just because we've updated the Oracle database driver. Yeah. And uh, you might have commercial database drivers for Oracle. Why don't we do an extension that's a commercial extension that you have to pay so we can pay for the database drivers so you get better database drivers. But hey, we don't want everyone to have to pay for something they don't use. So it's a you know pick and mix you know add what you actually need so you, you reduce the weight of the the core engine. In terms of database drivers specifically, couldn't you solve that problem easily by you know hooking into the JDBC layer of the underlying Java engine? Well, we do. That's how the, all the database drivers are JDBC drivers. Yeah, but I mean, couldn't you just tell people, for example, well, you know, install or you know hook up this JDBC driver of your choice without actually having to make it a Rilo extension specifically? Oh, I see. Right. You know, um, just go to the to the to the sure. Java layer. Sure, but the thing is, the Java layer, um, y you can already do that. I'm just doing that as an example of that we include all the the Microsoft SQL drivers and okay. Oracle drivers and stuff like that. But if we just remove that from our distribution and then say, hey, you're you're actually using Microsoft SQL, well, here's the extension for the drivers. For this. Sort of as a convenience more than anything else. You right. Yeah. Here, here, click a button, there it is. Yeah. So it's just for convenience because you can do download mm -hmm. your own version, put it somewhere. Oh, but where, where do you have to put it? Yeah, and, you know, and everything else. So that's the whole point of the extension builder and the extension provider that we have to, so that you can you know, add features really easily. Okay. Um, 
from what you've shown this morning in the keynote, there are quite a few really interesting tools coming, right? Like code metrics, for example, right. and a few of those things. When you try to think of the future of Rilo over the next one or two years in terms of where the product mm -hmm. should be headed and where it you know, might or might not be going in which direction, what type of areas come to mind where you would want to see development going on? Is it like, you know, some tactical changes like, I don't know, improving the language? Is it about, you know, I don't know, UI tags? Mm -hmm. Or is it about building further tooling to allow more professional development and profiling of code, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. All of it. <laughs> yeah, it's all of those. I mean, of course, we want to provide better tooling. A lot of the stuff that we want to do is, is remember, uh, Rilo as a company, we do several things. We're a product company, but we're also a consultancy company. So a lot of the stuff that have, a lot of the ideas that go into the product are because we're going day in, day out. We're going to clients. Uh, we're looking at code. We're looking at good code. We're looking at bad code. And we're seeing how we can improve. We're, we're doing um, evaluating code. We're seeing how these, thi these things pan out. So we try to put that back into the product so that this is easy next time we go to a client. Maybe it's not the best idea because we put ourselves out of a job. But um, the whole idea of doing where we're going in the, next, in the next couple of years is that there's going to be a certain amount of tooling so we can improve the performance of the engine or improve the performance of your application on, on our engine or see where it's slow. And on the other side, we want, we've got the Technical Development Advisory Board, which is going to guide the feature development or the paths that we're going to tread because then the, this is like feedback from the community and from other uh, major you know, clients that we have. So the features that are going to go in there are not just ad hoc or things that just come off the top of our head. It's stuff that we think really has good positive benefits. Now, when you're talking about changing the syntax, I don't think there's anything that much wrong with it. We're just going to try and improve as much as we can. Of course, you well, Marcus, Marcus yeah. has a different opinion, I think. Yeah, but of course, if, if you have ideas on how we can improve it, I'm sure we can try them. But, you know, just making it a, 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 a way to run, you know, Groovy, why don't you just use <laughs> Groovy? Yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of where I was like, okay, so if, if there's other syntaxes I prefer, then why don't I just use that? I, I also come at it from the perspective of um, having actually tried to write a CFML parser. I know how many special cases and how many odd things that exist in the CFML spec that are just bizarre. Well, we actually which have isn't a necessarily your fault. There's something that I don't know how much I can say about. We are looking at something that let, I can't really say too much about it at the moment, but that drops all of that. Go on, say it. Go on. I'm not going to say the name. It, has, it hasn't got a code name yet. It's a thing. The thing. The thing, the that, thing that, that makes the, things the, better. The thing that is totally non-backwards compatible at all. Um, it's kind of like, a, 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 let's say it's another language that it's another language CFML-ish it might be more ML-ish yeah. right there might no be no CF in it right right um, that basically removes all of the the, the detritus of the, lang the language that we that we like at the moment so all the backwards compatibility things all the things that you go so arrays right they start at one or zero Right, only in CF do they start at one. That's not entirely I, I think true. There's there a few are, languages. There are a few anyway. other languages, yeah. Okay, so yeah, you you guys can name them. I can't think of any, but uh, that was a, the worst example I could have come up yeah. with. Yeah, but uh, I, that's the worst example I could come up with. But yeah, there's going to be something we're going to put out there just to to test the water to see how that goes. But yes, yes. 
Yeah, yeah no, I, I think that makes sense. I think I, I thought for a long time that the power of Coffusion was more around its inbuilt services, mm -hmm. probably less so around its syntax. I think there's definitely um, some less verbose syntax and sometimes some more powerful syntax depending on um, your sort of your background and what you what you enjoy programming in. Mm. Um, so being able to to sort of take another almost lay another skin on top of that service layer could potentially be really quite powerful. I could see people appreciating that. I'm, I'm, I mean, in a way, CFML or, um, is the glue to that they can, in theory, my head is you just grab this, grab this, put it together, do a bit of lo logic and spit out something else, you know? The Facebook tag or something like that <laughs> that you could just <laughs> add to it if you want. I'm using that as, a, as an example. Something that's quite complicated that you can just very easily go and grab, like sending out email, for example. Have you looked at examples in like PHP or Java to send out an email with yeah. an attachment. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, having a tag-based syntax for that is, it, makes life much easier, for right. sure. Um, and that's what I mean, is, is, is like being able to use these services and go forward with that is really powerful and maybe just get rid of the, the, the historical issues. I mean, 15 years of history of, of a language does add a bit of drag. It, it does, you know, I think or maybe lessons learned. I think the time is sort of there for a few, you know, changes and for a few deprecations of stuff that no one uses anymore. Such as? I don't know. For value. example... Oh, hmm? you don't pass array by value. That's that's a good start. Yeah, that, that would be actually a really good yeah, start. Yeah, come on. Um, yeah, <laughs> that I'd be happy really with that, idea. actually. I don't know. CF presentation is one of those tags that has been actually recently introduced, I think, in... Confusion, Confusion 7 or 8 or something like that? Something. But it's one of the most useless tags ever for my Apparently, opinion. and I've talked to a few people about this, there are businesses that practically run on that thing. Really? There, there's actually a real market for it. Now, you and I, not so much. Other places, possibly so. Okay, so what about CFDiv? I don't even know what that's for. <laughs> I, I quite like CFDiv. Oh, Mark, really? So who's using CFDiv here? Oh, really, Justin? Come on. Oh, oh my so heart Justin, is bleeding. Justin, tell us what you've used CFDiv for. Uh, it was an admin interface. And uh, so that your entire admin interface was one div? But what, what did it do? <laughs> I didn't want to write lots of Java, basically, little JavaScript. So were you using it for Ajax calls and stuff? Yeah, I'm still not convinced. You know, I'm, 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 I'm seriously, I, I don't like the fact that so many recently introduced features in ColdFusion are basically UI tags. I don't think CFML should be a language just consisting of UI tags. It's the wrong approach, basically, from my point of view. <laughs> Apparently, there must be a market for those tags because otherwise vendors like Adobe or Rilo wouldn't put them in there in the first place. But I personally think it's, you know, waste of development resources, to be quite frank and harsh. For the CF Ajax stuff, which, as I was saying in my keynote, you know, Ajax is, is so retro compared to, like, WebSockets now. But, um, for example, the Ajax stuff, there was a lot of stuff that made really good sense, which is being able to, like, doing CF Ajax proxy. So being able to proxy mm -hmm. a CFC, and it cut out a lot of the stuff. But then libraries like jQuery came in and then removed a lot of the problems with yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, yeah. now, in all seriousness, before jQuery, there was ext.js, right? And doing anything with that, which was the part of the UI that, that ColdFusion put in, 
it got you a lot of the way there of using ext.js, but then when you actually wanted to use ext.js, it became really hard. I mean, you can do it, and I'm sure there's people in the room going, no, it's really, really easy, you're just an idiot. But no, it was, it was a steep learning curve to do a lot of this UI stuff, and then it became quite complicated. And so putting it in there, I think, was a great way for getting people into it. But um, as part of a language, not so much so. I mean, this yeah. is why we take the tactic of doing extensions. So, hey, you want to have a UI, a whole you know, tag-based UI uh, way of doing things, like CFDiv and CFLayout and stuff like that, build an extension and add it on. No one else wants it, then fine. I, um, a few years ago, actually, at CF Objective, Case Smolniak was doing a talk about um, getting into the details of all those UI tags based on XJS at the time. And she wanted to pretty much show that you can use them for way more things that they are just implemented in the simple text and text. But the problem turns out is that as soon as you basically deliver that feature in I don't know, Rilo version X or Confusion version Y or something like that, pretty much like a month later, it's right away outdated, right? Because the UI libraries that the vendor has licensed are pretty much like replaced by a new version with a different API and with different things. Or additional APIs. Or additional or APIs, basically. Or even yeah. changed APIs in a worst-case scenario. I right? remember us looking into this for, for a long while and trying to come up with ideas on how to make it uh, agnostic because we did some of the Ajax libraries and we said, well, we, you could switch it between jQuery and stuff like that, but what happens if you already have Crazy jQuery? adapters and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, it and, and we got to the point that we just wrote our own stuff and that was it because well, we didn't need any of the jQuery stuff. We didn't need any of the ext.js stuff. But, but I'd, I'd almost argue that uh, the UI stuff almost makes more sense in an open source extension environment like Rilo yep. because you don't have the ridiculous wait times between releases. Um, and if it's a mm -hmm. if it's a community supported extension system, you know so as as they, they come out, so you come on, they update it. Or if you don't update it, it gets forked, and somebody else updates it, and that's not a big deal. When you're waiting two years for a release, that's a big deal. And then yep. when a two, re two year release comes out, and it's suddenly not backwards compatible with what you had before, you're stuffed. Yep. So yeah, I can I can see it making more sense there. I still not my personal preference. Um, I'd rather write the JavaScript myself, but well, to each their own. Some people want it out. There. I mean, sometimes you just want to just throw up. I don't know, mo modular window. I don't know. Something nice. You just, <laughs> just want to throw up like something CF, nice. Yeah. CF pop-up? CF or? nice oh, thing. Oh, come on. CF bootstrap. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Don't do it. No, please. Please <laughs> don't. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, now it has started. Shit. <laughs> What's the worst CF tag we can come up with while we're on podcast? Yeah, I, I think that's a competition for this. How to ruin the internet. Yeah. Well, I mean, CF Twitter is quite bad, right? Oh, well, that would be a great one because it, it makes sense, right? It, it does make sense. That would actually be really handy to be able to just go see if Twitter put in a username and then see the tweets in the spot. I'd actually really yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> really? Exactly. No, see if, see if tweet and, and like yeah. a see if mail. You know, you just put whatever you want. Yeah. That would be yeah. awesome. Who's yeah. going to write it? Come on. Uh, I don't know. Not it's me. It's not like you can get it that day with like RSS feeds or anything. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but if you wrap it in CF Twitter... If you wrap it in CF Twitter, yeah, it's so much better already. Well, yeah. you have to have two Clearly. tags, CF Twitter and CF Tweet. Yes, I agree. And then... So it's a nest, CF Tweet is a nested tag in CF Twitter? Or? No, 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 no. Tweet is actually like sending. Yeah. Oh. It's really actually just a link on your page to their share functionality, but that's yeah. fine. Okay. 
I was going to do a commercial extension of that with money. Million. Look, Rilo Social. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to be a billionaire with that. Yeah. CFTweetPram, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just to stop against tweet injection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. And code for Twitter. Ooh. The eSappy plugin. Why, why, why you two lot are silly. Should we maybe give away one or two giveaways thingies yeah. in the meantime? You, you want to do a giveaway? Yeah. All right, so... Uh, what do you want to give away first? Yeah, tonight we're going to give away... Uh, we've got IntelliJ IDE... Idea uh, license, and we're going to give away the Fusion Reactor license. Can I actually make a point? IntelliJ Go. is an awesome idea. Yeah. It's so awesome. It it's is so much better than anything else. Actually, in fact, after doing that, we could even talk IDEs. Uh, for tomorrow night, just so everyone's aware, we have another license for Fusion Debug. Oh, sorry, a license for Fusion Debug. We have another license for IntelliJ. And uh, thanks to Ninefold, we have a $1,000 voucher for their services. So they can, uh, you can go check it out. But that'll be a closing remarks tomorrow. Kai, are you, uh, are you the pretty lady that's going to pick out the, uh, the winner? No, Mark Drew is the pretty lady picking out the winner. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely the prettiest one of us all. All right, so if they're not here, they don't win. Go back in the, they go back in the box. What is the first one actually we're giving away? Uh, first one we're giving away is IntelliJ. Okay. Is it tough? Who was it? Me. No. no. <laughs> Reading it out. Uh, Justin Judd. Oh, yeah, what a shame. Doodles. Not here. Another one. No, he's not here. That might take a while, actually. Yeah, this might take a while. You can tell him later. <laughs> no. William Huey? Mm. Nah. No. This is always the, the... I actually really enjoy this bit because you get to go, oh, they didn't get it. They suck. <laughs> and it's... Glenn Seaman? You know, and the interesting thing is it's all recorded on a podcast I this know. time. <laughs> it's even, even, even more while. annoying for them. Mr. Yara Ryan? Yeah. Keep going. Jesus Christ. You might want to edit this bit out. Karen, I thought I saw Karen. There we go. One more. Yeah, just we say one more. Mr. Matt Kerr, software engineer, one test. No. No. That was free plug for you. Graham Cotu. No. You really might want to edit this guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> Mr. K. Chong Kwok. Yeah. There we go. Cool. I'm Fusion Reactor. So you're, get a, you. you're getting a copy of Fusion Reactor. Have fun. Cool. So, speaking easy. of IDEs, Mark Drew, what is your IDE of choice? My IDE of choice. Um, Are you another Sublime user? It's probably CF Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, uh, you'd think. Um, the, the thing is, is like my job's changed a lot. So... Before, when I was like working at my previous company, working on one single project, it was IDE. You know, I, I, I use CF Eclipse because I had an IDE. At the moment, I'm editing all sorts of files. Uh, I use Eclipse for doing uh, Rilo development, and this is like because I'm doing Java development and with CF Eclipse and plugins for Eclipse as well as, as Rilo. Um, when I edit some some code, I use TextMate. I'm actually quite into TextMate. Sublime, I could never quite get into it, and I found it a little bit abusive on the Mac. It kind of came in and went, ha, ha, ha. Abusive? Abusive? Yeah. In, in <laughs> which way? the screen slap you a couple of times. Yeah. It would just swear at me and stuff. And uh, <laughs> You're not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Look at that typo. Uh, make me feel really small and insecure. Um, no, and, and it would, well, actually, what, what really annoyed me, just took over and said, 
I am going to open all your files. <laughs> I went, no, 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 that's fine. You don't need to open Mike's. Oh, you're opening Mike's mail file. Um, so after it did that, I found that a little bit rude. So I went, no, this file does not open with <laughs> Sublime. Um, even though I think it's a great product, it's got, actually, it's, it's an okay product, it's just TextMate, but the thing, what it does have is that, that glorious mini-map of your code. Have you I've not, not used it, I've no oh, idea. I I used it. Oh, you should use it. Oh. Just for this mini-map, it just shows you a map of your code, like a tiny thing. You, you, when you see it, you know what I mean. Um, especially since I used the client's code, and it just filled up that mini-map, and you, it was a horror of horrors of seeing how long his code was. When you've got like 4,000 lines of code okay. in one CFML file, it's shocking. But it's TextMate, uh, CF Eclipse, uh, sometimes Coda. Vim, Emacs? No, thanks. Okay, just checking. I don't have a beard and sandals. Do, what is the problem with Emacs, Mark? Nothing. No, I'm just... Are, are, you, are, you guys, huh? are you guys having a, like a Vi versus Emacs battle? No, no, I have. I, I actually use Emacs for closure coding. Okay. And it's a nice Again, idea. beard and sandals moment, right? No, Sean Caulfield actually got me hooked on Emacs for closure. Again, I. <laughs> <laughs> actually, there's an IntelliJ plugin that does something very similar. It's an outline. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Like yeah. a code map? Just so you know. Yeah. It looks like that. For those who can't see, Kai's just looking at my screen. Yeah, that's it. That looks interesting. It What's the name of the plugin? Outline. Huh? Outline. Outline. Okay. I shall give that a try. I tried it for all of two seconds. Yeah, we're both IntelliJ users. So he has this mm. weird... Uh, no, actually, I've been I'm doing what? Using IntelliJ? IntelliJ? Yeah. I'm the doing what? I'm doing what weird thing? Weird thing with Emacs or something. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been playing around with... Yeah, the, the extension builder was built all in IntelliJ because I wanted to give it a, a real try. And it's got some really nice little features in there. Uh, it does a lot of guessing of stuff. One of the things that I like is the brute force attack that uh, Xcode does of guessing words by just having a dictionary. You start typing a word and going like, did you mean, you know, town? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> it was just like, just brute force attack. It like, seems almost anonymous with is, the flippy art. Isn't it, using just, isn't it just using a Mac dictionary, the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, or something? yeah, yeah. So like you start writing like something bad and go like, did you mean procrastination? It's like, no. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. So you, you were writing Java code in IntelliJ? I'm written, I, I have done that before okay. uh, in my previous job. Um, and yeah, no, it's very nice, but then again, it's, it's just as nice as Eclipse in all honesty. It's got some nice things in it, but... You're wrong, IntelliJ is better, but that's okay. Uh, I would it's just a matter of taste, and I, I have I would it. agree with, with Mark saying IntelliJ is better. For particularly, my problem is with large code bases with lots of files, uh -huh. Eclipse is really sucking performance for me. I'd say actually the refactoring support in IntelliJ particularly in Java and type-based languages. Yeah, but for, even in, for Java, in other ones, that is really nice. I agree. Even in yeah. like Ruby and, and Groovy and, and other dynamic languages, it is insane the stuff it can do for extracting variables and methods and classes. It's, it's mental. And I mean, then there are the life templates, right? I mean, nothing beats life the life templates. templates, right? So for those people who haven't mucked around with IntelliJ, live templates are like snippets on like... Um, Super steroids. Yeah, they're like on Popeye spinach. It's <laughs> <laughs> or Roger Ramjet, you know, proton energy pills. Um, they're mental. Like, so you can, not only can you put in bits of text and have input fields, but you can manipulate those fields with inbuilt functions. So um, a classic example I have is of writing a getter and setter. I just write, you know, one of my input fields is, is the name of the getter. And then one of my other variables to output some stuff, it does a decapitalization of that. So I can just output, it just pushes in what the variable is. 
Um, I can even inject um, Groovy code directly into, into my live template. So if I want to do something more complicated that's not built in, I can mark certain, certain fields that show up in my live templates to code complete. So you're like, okay, I'll buy this type. I want this to code complete for me. So you can tell it the hint, hey, I want this to code complete, not just. But you can do that in that. text, mate. I don't know. Yeah, but not in Eclipse. Hmm? Not in Eclipse. Yeah, I think you can do in Eclipse. In Eclipse, you can do quite a lot of stuff with the templates. I just haven't had a look at them recently. Not in CF, you can't. Well, no, but Eclipse has templates anyway. Eclipse itself has templates and snippets. Yeah, but you can't use them in CF. Okay. You can't. I don't think they're that as powerful, though. I haven't looked at them in a while. Exactly, you haven't. Because IntelliJ is so awesome. To, to be fair, I, I got, I got fair, the hint that, that, that there was a little bit of a like, fr you know, warm, fuzzy feelings for IntelliJ up here. So I've just got to say that Eclipse is good. It's purple. <laughs> <laughs> IntelliJ has really bad font display. Oh analytics. God, man! It's like IntelliJ. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it, does. It, it looks. It, it works really great, but my God, does it was it beaten with the ugly stick? I <laughs> I actually changed my editor font to the um, to that new Adobe open source font, the Source it Pro. It should be changed to things. anything. To what? It should be it's changed to Windows, bad. and it'll be better. <gasps> it is really not that bad, but you know, it, it is horrid. You haven't changed the appearance settings clearly. No. If you, if you change it to the default shell look, it looks great. It tried to bite me. <laughs> You just, you just like getting beaten up by your software. Yeah. <laughs> like TextMate's abusive. IntelliJ tried to bite me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was Sublime that was abusive. Sublime actually. just took over everything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Passive aggressive software writing. Eclipse just sits there and says, just use me, please. Yeah. You know, it's the only software that just is nice to me. Doesn't crash on you at all? No. IntelliJ is rock solid, but it's kind of like rock solid because it looks like a rock. Good. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, I mean, I didn't have a look into the latest versions of Eclipse. You know, there might be Juno's, features. Juno's. Yeah, the four point something or whatever it is. There might be features in there before templates yeah. or something like that that I'm not aware of. The, the, but they, every version that they come out, they have lo loads of stuff. And, and because I'm not. No way. There's new features and new releases. Get out. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> You can style all of uh, Juno, which is uh, the four point something, in CSS. Like you can use CSS. So with all that spare time that you have, you're like, you know what? I'm going to make the way my my IDE looks different. Did, did you did you make rounded corners? <laughs> you it already has them. <laughs> <laughs> it has drop shadows. Does it, does it look Web 2.0? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> it's all flat, but with like drop shadow. Now I want my IDE to uh, look I think. Like <laughs> <laughs> With a spinning logo. You want a spinning and firing <laughs> logo. Little, little yeah, to be fair, effect. it can make sense though, right? Because the Eclipse IDE framework can be used to build like standalone apps. Mm -hmm. And skinning those in CSS might be a useful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting to see um, brackets get to the level that is really usable. Have you guys seen bra brackets? I've not played with it, to be honest. I've, I've downloaded it a few versions basically and played with it. Mm -hmm. And it's a nice editor. What I miss most is like proper project support. You know, it's pretty much one of those like double-click and edit editors from my point of view. Well, and th th this is, I think there's two camps and, and this is mm -hmm. where I'm getting, coming from, from the TextMate. Like TextMate 2 is actually has got this idea of projects are more like Git kind of projects rather than just having a project file. There's, you know, you can do a little mm -hmm. bit more stuff like that. But you've got this, this uh, 
occasional editing. I don't mean occasional. It's just like random. I want to edit this file. This file, yeah. It's like I'm not working with this whole project. And then you've got the other side, which is the IDE, which is I am working with this project. This is a concept of a project. I do this day in, day out, and I'm going to deploy this and do various other things with this. So I think that, that most developers don't fall into either camp. They fall into bo both camps, I think, nowadays. I'm pretty most much in the project camp, to be honest. I'd have to agree with that one, too. Well, are you working on a single project? No, and multiple. Not not like 20 at the time, right. but let's say I work on three or four projects at the time. Right. And I, then I, I just flick like between the ones. Of them, and sometimes it's just like edit and fix something very quickly. Hence, I, I use occasional. Yeah, I mean, that happens, right? And I usually end up using another editor for that, like Text Wrangler or Text Mate or something like that, whatever is just installed on the machine or Emacs, if I have that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the other thing that I wanted to point out, one interesting feature that CF Builder had and introduced in, in, in the Eclipse plug in the Eclipse framework was you could edit a single file, just open it from the file system, and then you could do that promote to project in CF Builder. And that was a feature that I actually found quite useful for me because sometimes you have, like, just a random collection of files and you start up, you start in a folder without actually the intention to make this a proper project, but then if you want to, you still can easily by just saying, like, Zup. now it's a project, properly set up with all hooked into, into server environments, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Sounds like a really nice feature. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. know it never ran on Linux. Oh, but yeah, also the licensing as well. That, and that was, a, a I don't know how Adobe dropped the ball, because I'm sure they had loads of stuff on that, but it, it, that wasn't like any of the software it had nothing to do with the software of, of CF Builder itself. It had what? to do with the licensing server. That oh, you mean like um, CF Builder on Linux? Yeah. Yeah, there is rumor that Mark Mandel managed to hack previous <laughs> versions of CF Builder to work on Linux. I have blood sort of it. It's not really a rumor. Oh, okay. You wrote blood. I didn't know that, actually. But yeah, no, I had, I had, but no, I think in later versions, um, yeah, I'd, I'd managed to move around licensing issues on Linux. <laughs> machine but it still crashed like there were just there were problems yeah it's sort of, and i think that just kind of boils down to the fact that they never tested on it and it wasn't their target machine so and that's what prompted me to go to intellij in the first place yeah but um yes not that i would condone that sort of behavior not at all never never well, it's that sort of behavior that makes software companies do better things right exactly like, for example, do class loaders and maybe, like, do ORM. Wait, which project are you working now that Adobe can take? I'm writing more and more Ruby. I think pretty much you can expect Sesame to be picked up by Adobe at some point. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. I think, uh, I think Misha actually, I think it was Misha who said, who actually approached me at last year for Objective and went, that's Sesame stuff, we might pull that into Rilo, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the CF underscore stuff's probably a bit more fleshed out than mine. But the basic idea, I mean, is the same. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And then if you actually combine that yeah, with It makes a lot of sense to steal Mark's project. Is <laughs> that what much, you say? Yeah. But if you combine that with member functions, just because I want to say member functions, <laughs> um, you can start, yeah, you can start really expanding the language to start doing some neat stuff without having the pollution of all that other junk, junk in the yeah. namespace. And stuff. We want to put a lot of event handlers in... Uh, in uh, can you do it so that when a CFC gets instantiated, you can um, intercept it anywhere, please? Probably. Thank you been begging Adobe for that for years, so if you actually well, do it... just ask us politely. You don't have to please. do any begging. <laughs> I was, that is politely. <laughs> do a ticket. And if, uh, I could, if I could work out how to do it, I would have worked out how to do it. Well, we have class loaders, so, like, yeah, totally. 
Yeah, that'd be great. So you you, when you instantiate... Uh, what is your use case for that in the first uh, place? Yeah. The original one was, is, well, first of all, is dependency injection. So basically, when so something gets instantiated, you, you, listen it, you listen for it through some sort of bean factory. So you want a feature because you write a framework. Yeah, but it's also okay. bloody handy too. You could do all sorts of stuff around proxying, it'll, um, it'll be something around points, the, tracing, well, code coverage. And the application CFC, so you have on CFC yeah. instantiation. Yeah, something like that. Or better name. And, and be able to turn it on or off because obviously that's performance that issues. But implies that you have the same hook for all your CFCs. Is that yeah, what yeah. you want? Oh, yeah. That's what you want? oh, yeah. Okay. Everything. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe it's something you can register for or whatever. There's some control there. Uh, the details. But, um, <laughs> the, the implementation, <laughs> implementation details. Implementation details. Yeah. No, I, I can see where you're coming from on but that one. That'd be one, so yeah. useful. No, but we, yeah, we're looking at doing event handlers for different things. So... Um, on error of sending a CF mail. We don't know how that we're going to implement it, but it should give you an idea mm -hmm. that, for example, when you send a CF mail and you have an error, if the error is... Oh, yeah. Um, a bad email address or something. Bad or email address. You can, instead of it just erroring, you can have saying that it that a CFC will be fit, triggered. So nice. it fails gracefully, but then you can log it or do something. Yeah, that sounds really useful. Or, for example, on a query on, on, on result. So once you've re returned the result for a query, you can do something else. So we're moving into asynchronous CFML here. Yeah, it might be a bit Node more asynchronous CF. stuff. Yeah. Node CF. Don't even get me well, you've started got, you've on got Node, closures man. now, so you can do callbacks, and you're yeah. almost halfway there. Yeah, it's great. exactly. So you can see the path that we're treading. Uh, but yeah, just don't get me started on Node. I want to build another HTTP server. Well, to be fair, Node.js is not just that, right? I mean, there is more to it. There's more to Node. Yeah. Right. There well, <laughs> The, I, no, the, no, there I'm, is more than go, that in, in, yeah, in the uh, sense that uh, people like Mark Mandel <laughs> would do something no. really cool with it, but most of the people are showing me how to build a HTTP server. And I've been to a few meetups and they go, look what we built. <laughs> All I'm going to say is there are a lot of very smart people doing stuff with Node, and if there's a lot of smart people doing it, there has to be something there, so people should stop bashing on it. Like Unless you have a real... Well, you know, there's, there are the lemmings, right? Like, some peop some lemmings fall off the cliff, and everything el everyone else jumps off the cliff as well. You could that argue the Disney, same way. Though. Disney huh? threw them off the, off the cliff. Oh, did they? The lemmings never jumped off a cliff. It was Disney. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy. It's true. Look it up. It's in Wikipedia. Really? Then it must be the 100% the truth, right? If it's on Wikipedia. Everything written on the internet is true. Are you looking that up now, Mark? No. Okay. <laughs> just, just checking. Yeah. But yeah, no, Jess, let's not go there, please. We went okay. there, didn't we? we went I haven't there. looked at it that clo very closely. I, I'll have to admit, and it, and it may not be for everyone, but I, I just think the, it, the just have dismissal of it is... Uh, it's just that people, cool. people in the wrong industries are trying to use it. Like I've, I've talking with some friends, and they're like, "Oh yeah, JavaScript's good. We're doing all the, we're an well, agency it's, it's that does all these websites for clients." And they went, "Can we do them all in Node.js?" Like you missed the point. I can see reasons why people are doing that sort of stuff. Mark, do you remember that we had that discussion once about asynchronous SQL coding in Node.js on a podcast? A while oh ago? yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't have its downsides, but I'm just saying like a blatant dismissal of it, I think, is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I still find the concept of doing asynchronous SQL 
chaining, yeah. kind of weird. Well, if you look at the stuff that's coming out in like uh, whatever the version is, I can't remember where they're starting to talk about doing promises and things like that to make it easier to deal with that sort of nested callback scenario. Mm -hmm. That sort of stuff, like that, they've gone, okay, that's a reasonable problem. Do so you want to explain what a promise is? <laughs> <laughs> Can I explain what a promise is? I'm probably going to do this really um, they actually have them in jQuery, don't they? And they have a few libraries. But I think mm -hmm. it's um, basically it, it gives you a sort of a when this, then that sort of syntax that enables you to say, okay, when, when this is complete, complete do this, rather than having to pass in a whole callback. It makes it a much more almost, almost uh, sequential looking in its implementation, but actually still behind the scenes is... Is, is actually asynchronous. Did I get that about right? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. You get some sort of a placeholder shell yeah. object back from your call, and then you can work with that and for ah. the time being. Do you want to explain what a monad is? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just couldn't no. resist. Welcome to <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> no, I was threatening to write some in CF just for kicks. Now, that's a kind of a running joke between us, because we... Or Mark has been to a monad talk, monad talk at Strange Loop yeah. and came out of it totally confused, hair in all direction, you know, <laughs> having no idea. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if I'm confused. That's a really good talk. So Kai and I went to a conference um, called Strange Loop in St. Louis uh, a few months ago that was actually really interesting. It was actually four weeks ago. Was it, four, was it that? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, time flies. I thought, thought it was longer. And it was about emerging languages, uh, bleeding edge sort of technologies, so distributed data, big data, um, Leading edge computer science stuff, and the the running sort of theme there is is everything is about monads at Strange Loop, just because it's also sort of high end. But uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. That was it. That's that's literally my point. We're, we're sort of digressing anyway. Yes, very um, much so. we're nearly going for an hour. Should we cut it off here and finish so, for the day? Uh, I think overall topic Rilo Four looks awesome. Yeah, I agree. Yay. You are allowed to do that again louder if you want. Should we, should we open up the floor to audience questions before we close everything up? Yeah, we can do that. Um, I'll run around. Why not, eh? Who has questions? Just make sure you use... Well, the we opened the floor up. Never had any questions. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was our... Hands up if you want to go to the bar. Everyone does! Let's wrap this up. Okay, so let's wrap it up. So the question that I heard from back there is that one... <laughs> No, let's go to the bar. <laughs> okay, then. So, Mr. Drew, if people want to contact you and harass you on the internet, where can they do it? At Mark Drew on the Twitters. And on the emails, I'm mark at getrilo.com. And if and you want to see Mark's cute dog, you have to friend him on Facebook. Yeah. It's a very cute dog. It is. It is a very cute dog. Even though cats are much better. Lies. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never see a cat save your life. True that. You, a cat yeah. can't drag you out of a burning building. Yeah. That never is going to happen. It's going to eat you cooked <laughs> in the burning building. But, <laughs> but tasty. But nom, you know, nom, nom. Cats, are, cats can pose as pinups and cats can. That's what are you doing with your cat? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know that website? with the bunnies and now Don't with the cats. Don't you know that website man. that has cat pictures posing as pinups? Dude, I, you we are put sick. that in the wow. We are so going to put that into the into the podcast links, actually. Yeah. That's an awesome site. Okay, so Kai, moving on from that and pretending <laughs> it never happened. Where can people reach you if they want to harass you on the internet and possibly hunt you down and arrest you? Um, Agent K on Twitter or blockinblack.de, which is you know actively being used for, for change. <laughs> and if people want to reach me, I am neurotic on Twitter. And uh, at compoundtheory.com, where you can reach me there as well. Cool. Awesome. 
So we are done? We're done. We're I can done. reach in the bar, right? Yeah, we can reach Mark Drew in the bar from yeah. now on. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Cool. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. Thanks a lot, everyone, for attending. And um, that's pretty much it, is it? Yeah. See you all later. Right. Cool. Bye-bye. See ya. Night.